You're entering a realm of imagination where dreams are told between the lines of the universe. This is a Midnight Tale podcast. I'm your host, Celeste, your guide through this dreamscape. Hello and welcome back, everybody. I'm glad that you're here today to listen to a brand new tale. Today, we will be traveling back to high school. I know, not again. Trust me, no one wants to go back to this high school in particular because it has a group of mean girls. We will ride along and listen as Celeste has to deal with these bullies and she finds a supernatural way to deal with them. Like everything in this podcast, there's never a normal way to solutions. Things always get a little weird, especially in high school. So let's dive right into a new tale. I looked out across the classroom, out the window, to see the small buds of flowers growing on the semi-bare branches. It was barely the beginning of spring, and there was hardly any signs of it coming. I was so ready and counting down each day for summer vacation and the warm, lazy days to begin. I blocked out my teacher talking, and I focused on a little doodle that I was drawing on the side of my paper just some hearts and random squiggles that filled up the margin of my paper. I heard some whisperings behind me and I didn't even bother to turn around. I knew it had to be Carrie Sell and her stupid friends probably trying to get on my nerves like they usually do. More than anything, I wish the ceiling would fall on top of her to shut her up. My friend Alicia poked me in the side with her elbow and I looked up. I noticed that my teacher, Mr. Richards, was staring at us. He clapped his hands. He said, girls, settle down now. And he pointed to the group of us in the back. I just looked down and rolled my eyes under my hair. I felt a tap on my shoulder and I tried to ignore it. But then they continued to tap even harder. I knew it had to be Bree, one of Carrie Sell's friends who sat directly behind me. I quickly glanced back to see if she would stop. I saw she flipped back the strands of her long braided hair. Alicia stared back and glared at her. Her tanned face was in a scowl. She whispered, leave us alone, and she looked at me before she turned back forward. I also turned forward, but then a small piece of paper flew across, landed on the table, but then fell off onto the floor. That caught Mr. Richard's attention, and he turned towards us again. He said, if I have one more distraction over here from that side of the room, I'm holding you all back for a couple minutes. The class groaned, turned around, and stared daggers over at us. And by us, I meant it was just me and Alicia. Unfortunately, we were usually the scapegoats for Bree and Carrie Sell, who were definitely more popular than us. Carrie Sell said, Sorry, Mr. Richards, we didn't mean to interrupt. It's just that Celeste had a question for us. Carrie Sell looked pointedly at me. I blurted out, we were just double-checking to see about the English project due at the end of the week. We wanted to make sure that we hit all the criteria. Mr. Richards nodded his head. That's good and all, but remember no talking unless it's to me. Anything else is very distracting. I slid further down my chair and kept my head down. Thankfully, class was almost over in five minutes. Mr. Richards started going over the English project and was giving us final tips about it. I had already finished it as it was a big part of our grade. 
I liked writing and picked one of my favorite classic books to analyze, The Lord of the Flies. I was able to make it to the end of the class without any more harassment from Carrie Sell. The bell rang and everybody quickly left and rushed to get out to their next class. Me and Alicia stayed behind just a little bit so that way Carrie Sell and Bree could get out ahead of us. I looked for the piece of paper that fell on the floor, just slightly curious about what could possibly be on it. Alicia saw that I had picked it up and she covered my hand and said, don't even bother. Don't give them your energy, girl. Although I nodded my head and I agreed, my curiosity was still piqued and I wanted to see what was on it. While Alicia was busy packing her stuff up, I secretly opened the note in my backpack, pretending I was putting away stuff. It said, meet us after English class. I quickly looked up and I could see Carousel and Bree's face just beyond the edge of the doorframe. I didn't want Alicia to get upset with me for reading the note. Also, I knew she had to run across campus to get to her other class. She had gotten in trouble for being late to that class, even though she had a fight against a crowd of people and the long distance. My only other friend, Diane, was in another class. I wouldn't be able to catch up with her until I actually got to my next class, since our schedules weren't the same. But I was scared about what Carrie Sell and Bree would say to me. Before I could even think, Alicia said, Bye, see you at lunch, and quickly ran out the door. I watched as she rushed out the door, and I felt dread fill me. I quickly got my stuff together too and headed towards the door where Carrie Sell and Bree stood. They smiled at me with such fake sweetness. Carrie Sell turned to me and she said, walk with us. We walked together towards our next class that unfortunately I had with them. I saw their two other friends join us, Bianca and Bailey. I was soon surrounded by their group. As we walked, lots of people said hello to them or quickly chatted with them as we walked all to class. Carrie Sell and her friends were all cheerleaders. They had made friends quickly with all of the top popular people. I saw that Brie and Bianca had matching bags that were super popular and expensive. They always had the nicest clothes and were always talking about the music festivals and events that they were going on. I had seen a few pictures online and they always had cute outfits to show off their bodies. I just tried to do my own style because I couldn't compete with the money that they had. Carrie Sell turned to me and said, you know, you have a cute shirt. Where did you get it? I was wearing a long sleeve, blue tie-dyed crop top that showed off a strip of my stomach that my high-waisted jeans didn't cover. I really liked the outfit because it showed off my figure. I said, I actually made it myself. She said, wow, DIY. So cute. Maybe one day you'll make one for all of us. It can be a little promo since I know you make a lot of other clothes and accessories for yourself. You know, you could sell them here at school too. I looked at her and said, thanks, maybe. Did you need to talk to me about something else? Why are you walking with me? She looked at me and smiled, her fake sweetness trying to show through. She said, well, you know about Mr. Richard's test. Me and Brie have been kind of struggling with finding the time to do it, and we were wondering if you had the time to finish it for us, especially since we've been planning our trip to the Rivets Festival. 
I said, so you want me to do it for you both by the end of this week? She nodded her head and said, yes, that's exactly what I'm asking for. Don't you get it? Her friends all snickered a little. I shook my head and I couldn't believe she was even asking me. This project had been assigned to us over a month ago and there was no way I could have written two other essays in just a week's time. Carrie Sell and her little gang of friends always tried to get me and my friends in trouble. I have no idea what I did to them, but ever since I was a freshman at Jefferson High School, they've been out to get me. In freshman year, it was nothing to be honest. She was just a little annoying here or there, but she was also trying to find her own footing. But as soon as she hit that popular crowd, it got worse over the years. Ever since she joined cheerleading, particularly when I started my senior year, she just became so much more of a bully. I always tried to avoid her and just kept out of it, but for some reason she was always trying to single me out. It's not like we were even friends before all of this, like we had some sort of falling out. We barely even knew each other, and freshman year we both started at the same time. I guess I was just her favorite, yay me. We were almost at my class and I could see Diane coming down the hall towards us, about to go inside too. I had enough of this and I turned to Carrie Sell and said, We're not friends. We're not even friendly towards each other, okay? I'm not going to do your homework when you haven't even been nice to me once since we've known each other. She looked at me and her face was eerily still with a smile plastered on her face. She said, Well... This is the opportunity to get friendly. If you do this favor for us, we will certainly remember, okay? We can certainly think about becoming friends after this. Friends do favors for each other, right? I paused for a second. I thought just for a second she might actually be coming around. But that look on her face told me otherwise. I told her, I don't want to be the one stuck doing all the favors for you. She said, Well, we have to build a bridge somehow, and it's your turn first. I scoffed at her. I said, My turn? I've never done anything to you. She flipped her hair back a little. She said, Well, like I said, you can change all of that for yourself if you do this favor for us. I shook my head and rolled my eyes. I started walking away, going towards my class because the bell was about to ring. She said, wait. I turned around briefly and at this point Diane was right next to me and she looked very confused about what was happening. Carrie Sell said, I'll give you to the end of the day and we'll talk about it in the locker room while you have PE. I said, whatever, and turned around and went into the class. Diane was right after me. She asked, what the heck is going on? As we both sat down at our table, the rest of the class was getting settled down. I quickly told her Carousel was bothering me and Alicia today in English, and suddenly she wants me to finish her English project? Diane asked, the one due at the end of the week, right? I said, yeah, she told me that this will help me make friends with her by doing her this favor. We all know this is just a lie. Diane told me, of course it is. You shouldn't listen to anything she says. She just freaking lies all the time about us. But everything, there's no way you should do this. I shook my head. I said, I just don't understand why. 
Maybe she thinks I would like doing her homework forever for her. I don't know what she's thinking. Diane shook her head too. She said she's just trying to manipulate you, you know. She's probably trying to make you some kind of friend. But she'll definitely pressure you into doing homework forever. Or else, you know. So, she's just the typical bitch that we know her as. I giggled a little. I whispered. I thought she was the C because she's too good to be a bitch. Oh yeah, Diane laughed. She said, yeah, she's the big C with her three little bitches. We both laughed and we spent the rest of class just trying to pay attention and listen. At the end of class, it was lunch. We met up with Alicia and went and sat down in our usual spot on a bench under a tree in the quad area. It was a little grassy patch in the front of the school. A lot of students ate there to get some sun or just spread out and lie down to relax. Diane and Alicia both told me that I had to turn down Carousel as gently as possible, even though I should have every right to just slap her silly. We didn't know what she had planned for me. If I said no, the worst part about this is that Carousel probably chose PE specifically because I would be all alone. Alicia and Diane both had swim at that time, which had a completely separate locker room, while I just had general PE in the main locker area, which the cheerleaders shared to get dressed in as well. Since Carrie Cell and her three Bs were all in cheerleading, my friends didn't want me to get hurt or jumped, especially since they weren't going to be there, but they couldn't get away because to top it all off, both of my friends were already leaving after lunch to go to a swim meet. I'm pretty sure Carrie Cell had planned this perfectly, so that way I felt like I had to be forced to say yes. Both Alicia and Diane said that they would stay and skip the swim meet, even if it meant getting suspended, just so that they could protect me. I told them it was okay and that I could handle it because I was sick and tired of her. I needed to stand up for myself anyway. They both looked at me very concerned. I said, we all know that I'm the one she messes with the most anyway. I love you guys, but I can't risk your swim meet for this. Alicia said, I don't really feel good about this. I hugged her really tight and said, well, if anything happens, I know who I'm going to call first. I looked out across the quad and I could see Carrie Cell sitting at a table with some of the other cheerleading girls. They were pointing and looking at us. They saw us looking and Carrie Cell waved at me while they laughed. I just turned my head and completely ignored her. I spent the rest of my day going to class, feeling a little bit anxious about meeting at PE. I just wanted to get it over with. I didn't want to do it, but I had to show her that I wasn't taking it anymore. When I went to PE, for some reason I didn't see her at the locker room at all. I was getting changed and I was just in my plain black underwear when suddenly Carrie Cell and her gang showed up behind me. Carrie Cell was wearing a matching set of lacy underwear and so was the rest of her three bitches. I looked around at them and was really confused. They circled around me and I had no way to escape. And my locker was in a row that didn't have that many other girls. I realized that Bianca had her phone in her hand and that she was recording me. I put my hand up to try to cover the camera. I said, what the hell are you doing? Carrie Sell said, what do you think? As she swayed over towards me. Are you going to agree or not? We really appreciate it if you do. 
She put her arm around me and said, You know, I thought it was really cute to see your belly poking out of your shirt like that. It gives me chubby baby vibes. She pinched my stomach tightly and wiggled it in front of the camera. I slapped her hands off of me and I pushed her. She fell back hard against the lockers and there was a loud slam. She scoffed and said, this was only meant to be a joke. She looked over at the camera and said, she can't take a joke at all. So sad that she doesn't have a sense of humor. We're all just trying to be friends, right girls? The three bees all nodded and said yes in agreement. Carousel turned back to the camera. This is just a little initiation into our group. Don't be so serious about little jokes. I looked over at Bianca again and she was still filming. Carousel slid right next to me and waved at the camera while leaning forward. She said, say hi to everyone. She leaned close to me and whispered, all the guys are going to see this if you don't listen to me, including Hunter. He'll see what he's missing out. She pointed up and down her body and did a little dance for the camera. My eyes widened slightly and dread filled me. I couldn't believe she had figured out I liked Hunter and that she was willing to expose all of us. But I realized she didn't even care because she had posted more revealing pics in her smallest bikini than this. She just wanted to have this blackmail in order to control me like her puppet. I knew she was going to twist this video into the worst humiliation for me. She turned towards me and said, come on, dance. And she pointed at the floor. She looked towards the camera and said, she's so lame. She can't dance and doesn't want to be our friend. I quickly pushed Carousel towards Bianca, who reached out to grab her and held the phone out awkwardly. I raced towards it and grabbed it. I ran straight to the bathroom. The rest of the girls were chasing me and I could feel their nails in my hair and scratching my back. I pushed back several girls and locked myself into a stall. I quickly saw that the video was still recording and I deleted it. The girls were all screaming and shaking, reaching under the door for the phone. I threw it hard over the door and yelled, leave me alone. As soon as the phone left my hand, I heard one of the PE teachers' voice call out, What is going on? Then I heard the phone hit the wall with a crunch and tumble down to the floor with a crash. Everyone was silent, and the PE teacher said, Celeste, come out this instant. I leaned my head against the door, and I could feel my tears about to slide down my face. I took a deep breath and wiped away the one tear that escaped. The teacher yelled again, out, now. I flinched and I slowly opened the door. I looked over to her and she quickly grabbed my wrist. I can't believe you, she said. I saw that phone come flying out over the stall. Get changed. You're going to go explain yourself to the principal right now. She turned towards Carrie Sell and her three Bs and said, don't worry, you four could talk to him after practice. I tried to say something, but she yelled, save it for the principal. I was dragged back to my locker and I quickly changed back into my regular clothes. Carousel and her click stared smugly at me, satisfied that I was being punished for refusing them. I was sent directly to the principal's office. Miss Gimble walked me and a few of the girls who had witnessed the situation down to the office. 
As soon as I got there, Miss Denson pulled me into her office. I tried to explain myself and my side of the story. I said, Carousel and her friends were filming me in the locker room, which is totally against the rules. And I don't understand why I'm the one being punished and being sent here first. Miss Gimble didn't care at all about my side. Miss Denson said, well, you know, we have a zero tolerance policy about fighting and bullying. We can't have you just destroying other students' property like that. I asked, so it doesn't matter what they were doing, that it was so horrible? They're the ones that have been bullying me my whole time that I've been here. Miss Denson said, I don't recall any complaints about those girls at all. And I don't think you've ever come to me about it in particular. I said, because if I talked to you about it, it would make its way back to them. And then I would get harassed even more. It's so dumb, but they would think I'm like some sort of snitch for just trying to protect myself. And I've been handling it so far, but this has been way too much. And I know it's going to go downhill from here. Please just take me out of my classes, put me in regular classes or whatever. Just get me away from them. Miss Denson said, I will take that into consideration, but you should have come to me sooner because now you're the one I must punish. I can't just let this go. I was so shocked. I said, so I protected myself and deleted this video, but now I'm getting in trouble because I did that? Miss Denson said, well, I have to see what other girls say about what happened, but I just can't punish these other girls when you were the one who broke their phone and stole it from them. You must see it from my side. I have no other options. I yelled, you have plenty of other options. I can't believe you don't see what's happening. Miss Denson said, you will not speak to me that way. I understand that this is a stressful time and I'm going to get everybody's side of the story. And I'm going to try my best to make sure that everybody has a fair chance in this. But you cannot forget that you must still show me respect. I'll give you a little time to cool down. So please go out and wait in the nurse's office. I got up quickly and my head was spinning and I couldn't believe that she hadn't even heard what I had said, that she didn't even care. I felt so hopeless and I had a bad feeling. I was the one who had broken the phone and had witnesses to see it. Maybe I would have one person on my side who would say what really happened. But I can't believe I had screwed myself when I deleted the video and it was the evidence I needed to protect myself. I cursed myself for not sending it to my email or anything to have it as backup, but I wasn't thinking that in the moment. I went over to the nurse's office and I told her what the principal had said, and I was able to go lie down on one of the beds. A little while later, I heard Carrie Sell's voice along with her little click. I peeked outside the doorway. I saw them heading towards the principal's office together and they seemed totally relaxed. They looked confident that they were going to get me in trouble. I stepped back into the room and hid myself. I felt sick to my stomach and I couldn't think of any other ways to get myself out of this. The bell rang, but I stayed inside the nurse's office. I didn't want to run into Carrie Cell and her gang. Also, I was supposed to stay in the nurse's office until the principal had cleared up the situation and I had to wait for my fate. 
After everyone was gone and the whole school was probably cleared out, finally the nurse called me to go outside back to the principal's office. I picked up my stuff and walked back inside and I saw that Carrie Cell and the three B's were waiting there for me. I stopped in the doorway, but the principal waved me inside to get closer. I had to sit down right next to Carrie Cell as it was the only open seat left. I looked over at the principal. She said, I have talked to all the girls who were there and the people involved. I have made my final decision and Celeste, you have to pay for the new screen for Bianca's phone. You will have after-school detention for at least a week for the fight, and you must apologize right now for the damage that was done. I'll also be sending a letter to your parents and calling to inform them about what happened, and they will be sending me the money so that I can give it to Bianca then. I just sat there stunned. I asked, but I was being filmed in the locker room. I was in my underwear. I don't understand how nobody else saw that. Ms. Denson said, I spoke to everyone else. Nobody saw any filming happening at all. The girl said, yes, Bianca had her phone out, but that she was just looking at it, not filming anybody. You were the aggressor in all of this. I have 10 other girls who witnessed the situation. I asked, were four of those witnesses them? I looked over at Carousel, Bianca, Bree, and Bailey. She said, Yes, they were, but I have a good word from their cheerleading coach that they are very trustworthy. Also, they were all interviewed separately, so I know that their stories are consistent. And I feel that they have the truth, and the fact is the other girls who are not part of this group, Celeste, also said the same thing. So, unfortunately, I just can't trust what you said. There is no other proof about the so-called video that they were filming of you. They were just trying to include you into their group and trying to make up, I guess, for other misunderstandings that had happened in the past. I scoffed and said, misunderstandings? Carousel spoke up and said, yes, all of the other situations that happened, we were just trying to be friendly and joke around with you. And we're sorry that you took it in the wrong way. We were just trying to include you. So in the future, we want to make sure that you feel very included. We're going to be trying a lot more to make sure you feel comfortable with us. We want to get it straightened out right here, right now. So that way we don't have to come back. Understand? I felt a slight chill down my back and I knew she was talking in doublespeak. The real intention behind her words. She was warning me that if I didn't give in or snitched again, that she was going to make my life hell. I nodded my head and said, I understand, and I'm sorry for all of the trouble and what I did to your phone, Bianca. Miss Denson went on to talk about the other details of my punishment and figuring out things. I just was numb and I couldn't believe that no one had stood up for me. They were probably intimidated by Carrie and her gang in order to make sure that their side of the story was told. Carrie saw her freaking three B's were let go. I had to sit there and wait while Miss Denson called my parents, well, my mom, and explained the situation to her. Thankfully, my mom was on my side and fought for me because she knew about Carrie Cell and about the rest of the girls. 
I had talked to her for years about this and she had been supportive of whatever I tried to do to ease the tension because she understood how petty girls could be. My mom actually hung up on the principal and she came marching right into the building. She said that she wasn't going to pay for anything if she didn't have proof of my wrongdoing or a police investigation. Miss Denson packed right down about the payment. Unfortunately, my mom couldn't negotiate me getting out of detention. Also, the detention had to start that day so I could be done by the end of the week, which my mom didn't appreciate because she was already there to pick me up. I was marched right down to the room where I stayed with all the other delinquents until an hour had passed. When my mom finally came to get me, I broke down in the car and I told her about what had happened. Through my tears, I saw how furious she was. She said, I can't believe those girls. They are so evil. I don't understand how they could get away with this. I tried talking to the principal for you after you had left, but she was insistent that there was no evidence and this PE teacher had apparently seen you throw the phone. I'm so sorry that no one else stood up for you. I tried my best to get you out of this. I said quietly, I know. I just don't understand why now they decided to kick it up a notch. I could do with the teasing and their stupid other little pranks that they would do. But this? I guess they really are just stupid. My mom said, you don't have to go back. I can arrange some things. I really don't like the way that these girls have been treating you. I said, I can't just give up now. I'm almost at the end of the school year. Also, this is my last year and I can't just let them ruin it. It's almost done and then I'll finally be free of them. My mom nodded and said, karma's a bitch. Whatever is coming to them, they deserve it. I asked, do you think you can send me a note so I don't have to get changed in the locker room? That's when they're all together and I don't have Diana or Alicia there. I just don't want to step back in there. My mom completely agreed and said, I'll take care of it. And I'll write a note so that way I'll try to get your detention during PE since you're not going to participate anyway. My mom took me to get some of my favorite takeout when we headed home. But it sucked having to call Diane and Alicia about what happened. They were so mad. Diane went off. She said, I'm going to beat them. I can't believe that they would do this. It's insane. I begged them not to intervene because they really weren't the targets, thankfully. Since they were on the swim team, all the girls on the team stuck together as a tight-knit group. Carrie Stell knew better than to mess with the whole swim team. But since I wasn't a part of it, I was the perfect target. Eventually, Diane and Alicia reluctantly agreed to not fight them because they understood that the fight would obviously be twisted into freaking Carrie Sells and the three B's favor. We would probably get into more trouble. And of course, they would be held as the victims. Unfortunately, the cheerleaders in our school had a slight edge over the popularity of the swim team. And for the most part, Carrie Sell and her gang were the most liked because they weren't complete assholes to the right people. They both said they didn't care how much trouble they got in, but that they were going to make sure that I wasn't alone in any of my classes or while walking in the hall. Alicia went off about how furious she was that the school had no protections for us. She went on a whole rant about how the schools were just no better than prisons. They were just weak adults who were complete idiots that had power trips over to control us.
She got so crazy that she ended up talking about her conspiracy theories that in the end just made me laugh. They helped to make me feel a lot better. And we just started talking about stupid things. It really helped to take my mind off the whole situation. Finally, I said goodnight to them and prepared myself for the next day. When I got to school that morning, I headed straight to our usual spot on the quad where we met up so that we could walk to each other's lockers, then after to our classes. But as soon as I started walking over to the quad, I saw a group of girls sitting on our bench. As I got closer, I realized it was Carrie Sell and her freaking gang. I stopped as soon as I recognized them and quickly moved to the corner under an awning so they really couldn't see me under the shadow. They were talking and lounging around on the bench. I was so confused because usually they were here right before class and never this early. Thankfully, I saw Alicia coming through the gates and I ran over to her. She looked really confused. Then she saw me walking towards her. She looked over to the bench and I could see the anger in her face. When I got over to her, she said, if I had a better plan for how this would turn out, I would go over and kick their asses off that bench. I said, I appreciate it and I love you for it. But look, they're right in the middle so that everyone would see us going to them. They purposely did that. I quickly dragged her over to the cafeteria area. I saw a flash of Afro pus through the crowd and quickly made my way over to Diane. She was upset too, but had kept it together. We went over to my locker to get ready for the day. They made sure that I was feeling okay. As I approached my locker, I realized that there was something off about it. As I got closer, I realized it was covered in ants. I touched the locker and it was a little sticky, just smeared enough to get their attention. Alicia cursed. Diane ran to get some paper towels and a janitor. I tried to carefully open my locker, but it wouldn't even spin open the lock. I looked, it was a little crusty around the edges. I realized that they had probably super glued my locker shut. Diane came back with the janitor and some paper towels. We wiped off all of the stickiness that we could and tried to get all the ants off, even though they were crawling all over our arms. The janitor tried to open the locker, but obviously it was jammed. He had to bust it open. When he opened it, we realized there was even more ants inside of the locker. They were just everywhere. And then there was also some maggots crawling on some random piece of garbage that they had probably shoved in through the vents. The janitor told me that I would have to go to the library because he had to throw everything out since it was a complete loss. I managed to convince him to save a few of my papers and homework. Also, to get out a few personal items that I had. I was so embarrassed. I could feel the heat in my face as there was a crowd of people watching me and laughing and pointing. And more and more people came into the school. Alicia and Diane were more upset than ever and told me I needed to tell the principal since I had proof. I told them, I can't. This isn't really proof. And besides, it would make its way back to Carrie's cell and things are probably going to get worse. The bell rang and I had to make my way over to the library. I was embarrassed and I didn't want to admit it, but slightly ashamed that I couldn't do anything to fight back. I had to stay in the library all of my first period class in order to get everything sorted out. 
Unfortunately, my second period class, I had Bianca and Bailey, but Diane would be there. I made my way quickly to the class in order to avoid them. As I went to sit down in my seat, the legs just fell off and I could hear the bolts popping off. Everybody in the class saw it. Diane quickly rushed to pick me up, but everyone was laughing at me. Any other day, I would have laughed along with them because I knew it was just a weird thing to happen. But this was no coincidence. It was planned. I looked back in the corner. I saw Bianca and Bailey just laughing the loudest. During nutrition, Carousel and her three Bs were sitting on our bench again, forcing me, Alicia, and Diane to stand. In my English class, the chair was completely gone from my table. Mr. Richard sent me to go look in the other classroom to find a spare, but when I didn't find it, he forced me to sit on the floor. I was so embarrassed sitting there, and everyone was looking at me and whispering, and I knew that the rumors were going to get around, and I just felt so pathetic. Once class was over... Alicia walked me to my next class. We took the long way around, even though she was going to be late. But in that class, the same thing happened to my chair, like in second period, where the legs fell off. But this time, at least, I didn't fall down. I was able to jump up in time. I was kind of expecting it, and I knew that they weren't that creative to come up with that many ways to humiliate me. By the time lunch rolled around, I was completely exhausted, and I told Alicia and Diane just to meet me in the library so that way I didn't have to face them, because I knew that they were waiting for us at that bench. We sat down in the library in the furthest corner behind the bookcases, where most of the other kids were eating their lunch discreetly as well. Diane and Alicia were creating plans about how to take revenge against Carousel and the Three Bs. I wasn't even hungry. I just felt so sick to my stomach. And I was just going to try to skip PE entirely and go to the nurse's office. So that way, I didn't have to look at them at all. I wandered away from the table, just looking at the stacks of books, trying to get my mind off of everything. I went to the furthest odd corner of the library, where nobody else could see you and you couldn't see anybody. I crouched down looking at some of the various books, some of them very old and falling apart. In this corner, the bookshelves didn't meet and there was a blank space for just enough room that somebody could sit down in the corner and be completely unbothered. I sat down right into it and realized that this was probably a spot that many other students have found a little bit of peace. I just couldn't believe that I was one of them. A mix of emotions washed over me. I felt scared, upset, sad, but most of all, I was angry. I put my head down into my hands and I looked over to the side. I noticed wedged into the back of the bookcase, there was a small black book. It was barely poking out and it was super thin, almost like a pamphlet. I was able to use my nails to grip the sides of it and carefully pull it out. It was old and tattered, and the pages were yellowed. I opened it up. It wasn't printed, but handwritten. I realized it was a journal. There wasn't many pages, maybe just 10 in total. 
Also, only the first couple of pages were written in. I noticed that the first page was in the same cursive handwriting, and on the second page, there were lines of names all written in different ways and different inks. I read the first page. It said, This is my revenge. In life, I was tormented to no end. I was whipped and lashed with their evil tongues. Their fists and feet bludgeoned me to blood. I was cast out with no hope. I refused to sit by helpless and weak. Those wicked souls who hide daggers behind their smiles will feel my wrath in this life and the next. Those who seek my help will find a kindred spirit to assist. To earn my trust, you must complete a task. Write your name within this book for judgment. Place a spoon with a knife balanced over it atop this cover. Spin the knife to decide your fate. Those worthy will earn their revenge. The knife pointing true to you. Speak aloud the names of your enemies. The other sorry lot will burn for my rage. Those words felt like they were alive in my head and they swirled around repeating themselves. I looked at the names on the next page and didn't recognize any of them. It looked like the book hadn't been used in quite a while as the font looked dated. My curiosity was on fire. I couldn't resist playing along. I had a spare set of utensils from lunch and a pen in my sweater pocket. I wrote my name right under the last. I closed up the book and placed the spoon and the knife on top. The knife kept sliding around and falling off and I was getting really frustrated. I fiddled around with it, trying to balance it and get it perfect. I looked up, I was running out of time. The bell was about to ring in a couple of minutes. I struggled more and more trying to get the knife to perfectly balance on the spoon. Finally, it balanced precariously right on top of the spoon. I gently tapped the knife and it slowly spun around and around and around it went. I waited anxiously to see what would happen. My vision blurring and my only focus was on this knife, seeing as the point moved across slowly. It wobbled and it was so shaky I could feel myself getting cold and sweaty. It was moving so slowly and it finally was slowing down. I can feel my breath short and shallow waiting for it to stop, to see what would happen. Slowly it came around, then stopped, and it pointed directly at me. My whole focus was on this knife, and I could feel a sense of stillness and heat wash over me. I whispered out the names. Bailey Rendell, Bree Hartman, Bianca Rodriguez, Carousel Adele. As soon as I finished, the bell rang for the end of lunch and it snapped me out of my trance. All the noise rushed in and the lights grew bright again as I blinked my eyes and became aware of my surroundings. I quickly put the book back where I found it behind the bookcase. I gathered up the spoon and knife and pencil and put it back into my pocket. As I got up, Alicia and Diane rounded the corner and had my stuff ready to go. We all had the next class together and walked over to the building. I was still in a daze. Diane shook my shoulder and asked, what's wrong? I I'm sorry if you're still upset. We're both here for you. I said, I'm fine. I guess I'm just a little tired of it all, you know? She said, I know, right? 
We all got into class and settled down. I noticed that Bailey and Bree weren't at their seats yet, which was weird because they were always here before us since they usually ate and sat really close by the room. The bell rang, then a minute passed and I could hear footsteps running down the hall. Both Bree and Bailey ran into the room out of breath, their shirts stained red and wet. Bailey came up to the teacher and said, I'm so sorry, Miss Latham, but some jerk stepped on a ketchup packet and it sprayed all over us with ketchup. As you can see, we tried to wash it off in the bathroom, but since there was such a long line, it took us a little bit longer. Miss Latham would not hear any of it. She said, you girls are late. You'll have to go get a note before you come back here. Your education is more important than a little stain anyway. Bree blurted out, we understand, but these shirts are limited edition and anybody can understand that we don't want to be a mess when we come into your room. Miss Latham said, well, now you have the time to go get yourself fixed up. Go now. Don't disrupt my class anymore. Bree and Bailey both left in a huff. And Alicia and Diane were trying not to laugh. I was entertained too, but my curiosity still hadn't died down. I wondered, what if? I shook my head, thinking there was just no way. This was just a silly coincidence. The book was a fun way just to get out my anger and feel a little bit better about the situation. I pushed the thought out of my mind, knowing that there was no way that that could happen. I was glad that it seemed that at least one thing worked out in my favor today. At the end of class, I walked with Alicia and Diane to the nurse's office, where they told me to just relax and not worry about the day. I gave the nurse my note, which exempted me from PE. I sat down on the bed, but something was pulling me, and I couldn't resist. I took a peek out into the hallway and saw that Alicia and Diane had already left to go to the swim locker room. I quickly ran out to the PE locker room. The bell had already rung and everybody was inside, but no one noticed me slip into the back of the gym, into the locker room, as it was pretty much out of sight. As I walked into the locker room, I saw the three Bs in Carrie's cell at the front of the locker room. They were all dressed up in their cheerleading outfits. Carrie Sell was balancing on the wooden bench that was in the middle of the locker row. She was showing off her moves when Bailey pointed me out. Carrie Sell spun around and looked over at me. She smirked and said, I'm surprised you showed up here. I really thought you were going to go hide in the bathroom again. The three bees laughed, but I wasn't bothered. I said, I have better things to do. And besides, Hunter's in the baseball field right next to the PE field. I have a pretty good view of him from here. Carrie Self frowned and said, He'll never be interested in a nobody like you. Don't worry, I'll keep him company for you. She started walking towards me still on the bench and her three little bitches followed right behind. I didn't have a clever or witty comeback to say. I kind of froze a little, all of my courage fading a bit by bit. As they all walked towards me, Carrie Sell kicked a water bottle out of the way. The cap flew off and some of the water spilled into the bench. Carrie Sell took a big step to go over it, but missed and slipped right on the water. She fell off the bench, flailing and wailing like a cat. She landed hard into the lockers and onto the floor. Miss Gimble came around from the locker row right next to us and shouted, Carrie Sell, how could you be so careless? She went right over to her and the three bees were all hovering around her. 
Carousel was crying and holding her arm and ankle. Miss Gimble started yelling at her. I heard what you said to Celeste. I couldn't believe the nastiness that was coming out of your mouth. Miss Gimble and the three bees helped Carousel sit up. One of my classmates brought over a wheelchair that was from the gym office. Carousel was put into the wheelchair and the three bees headed straight to the nurse's office with Miss Gimble. As they left, Miss Gimble turned to me and said, I'm not sure about everything that's happened here, but I did hear what she said. Now, you still have to pay for the broken phone, but I'll keep a closer eye on her. I'll have a word with Miss Denson, too. But seems like she learned her lesson. I said, thank you, Miss Gimble. I appreciate that. I have no doubt that she will get her proper punishment. I gave her a big smile. Miss Gimble gave me a slightly confused look and said, get to your class. I walked over to my PE teacher, Miss Tolan, and gave her my copy of my note. She said I could sit out PE and go rest in the bleachers at the baseball field since it was the closest. I headed right over and I got to watch the baseball team play. It was nice to relax and watch. I talked to some of the guys as they would go in and out of the dugout. We talked about our interests, like different TV shows or video games that we liked. As I sat on the bench, I thought for a second maybe these coincidences were a little bit more than just luck. I kept this thought in the back of my mind and didn't wave it away this time. I snuck out of PE just a little early to avoid all the rush of students at the end of the day. I snuck back over to the nurse's office and I heard Carousel wailing at the end of the hall. She was crying and yelling to a phone. I overheard her say that her elbow and ankle were broken and she couldn't move them. I peeked around the corner of the doorframe. I saw that her ankle and elbow were covered by the frozen napkins that the nurse so graciously called ice packs. From my angle, I could see that they were already bruising up. Carousel was crying to whoever on the phone that she needed to be taken to a specialist to make sure she wouldn't miss out on the rest of the cheerleading year especially the last big football games and tournaments. The three bees were all around her crying as well. A smile escaped and I couldn't stop myself from laughing just a little. As I walked past them to go to my detention, I waved by all of them. That night, I slept more peacefully than I had in a long time. The next morning, I went over to my locker and found that it had been newly painted. It was clean and bright and stood out from the rest of the lockers. The janitor was standing by. He said, give it a few more hours. I asked, what happened? He said, well, the ants were getting into the rest of the lockers. For some reason, we couldn't scrub out the rest of whatever the hell was in there. So we decided to seal it in and paint it up. So you got a brand new locker here, basically. I smiled and said, thanks. I went over to touch the locker, marveling at my luck. I touched it and I realized it was completely bone dry. I opened it up and it was completely dry inside as well. I started putting my stuff in and the janitor walked right up to me with a very confused look on his face. He said, I just painted it this morning. I don't understand how it could be so dry right now. He ran his fingers down the inside of the door with a complete look of shock on his face. I shrugged my shoulders and said, well, things are turning out good today. He mumbled to himself and walked away, still looking at his fingers. 
I was so thankful that my locker was ready because I had been hauling all of my textbooks from one class to another. I found Alicia and Diane and we talked a bit before we all had to go to class. As soon as I walked in, I noticed that Carrie Cell wasn't there, only Bailey and Bianca. They gave me nasty looks when I entered. As the teacher took role, when it was Carrie Cell's turn, Bailey said that Carrie Cell isn't going to be in class probably the rest of the week. She has to be at home because of a sprained elbow and ankle. I turned to them and said, oh, I thought they were broken. Bianca said, no, it actually turned out, thankfully, it was just sprained. But she's going to have to wear some braces when she gets back. I said, oh, like a boot and the scooter? Bianca looked uncomfortable. I knew she didn't want to say anything, but the rest of the class was watching her very intently for an answer. She said, no, she has to get a wheelchair. Um, she can't steer the scooter with one hand. I said, what a bummer. She's lucky to have you guys to help her, though. Someone from another part of the class spoke up. I heard her mom is going to be helping her in school, right? Bianca sunk in her chair and said, I'm not sure, but we need to make sure we send her good wishes. The teacher quieted us down and said, that's enough. Thank you all for being concerned, but we need to get on with it. I turned around with a smile on my face. I really hope the rumor was true. The thought of Carrie Sell being wheeled around by her overprotective, perfectionist mother was a sight I couldn't wait to see. The few times I had seen her mom, she was all over Carrie Sell like a little baby, double-checking her schedule, making sure she would call or text. She would even fix her hair and makeup right in front of other people. I completely ignored the bees from my next class, and they didn't even bother me at all. Going to nutrition, I saw the three bees sitting under the tree on our bench. Alicia and Diane looked at me and said, we could go sit somewhere else. I said, no, I want to sit on our bench. As we walked over across the quad, they saw us coming and looked prepared to fight. However, I noticed that Brie was itching on her skin and there was a slight redness on her neck and cheeks. As we got closer, I said, Hey, do you mind if we join you on our bench? Bailey said, Your name's not on it, and we're sitting here right now, so go find somewhere else. I said, We all know whose bench this is, so move. Bailey crossed her legs, then leaned back onto the bench so she was stretched out across it with her back on it. She said, No thanks. As soon as the words left her mouth, a big bird shit landed on her face. I started laughing and Alicia and Diane were shocked and started cracking up so hard. Bailey screamed and Brie and Bianca tried to wipe it off, but it was smearing everywhere. Bailey shot right up and it started dripping down her black shirt. I looked up as I heard a rustle of feathers, and I saw a big black raven in the tree. It looked down at me, croaked, and then flew away. Bailey covered her face as she ran off with Brie and Bianca right after her, and they left all of their food behind. As Bailey ran past, everybody on the quad was laughing and pointing, and amazed at what had just happened. We dumped all their food into the garbage and sat down on our bench and enjoyed the rest of our nutrition.
At the end of it, me and Alicia went over to our English class and saw that Brie was sitting alone at her table because obviously Carousel was still out. Her face looked even redder than before. Me and Alicia both sat down. Alicia turned around and asked, So, did that bird shit ever wash off? This got the attention of all of my classmates around us, and we could hear the whispering started. Bree slapped the table and said, Shut up! It was dead quiet when she said that, and Mr. Richards turned around and said, Bree, if you're going to be disrespectful like that, you can wait outside. Bree slumped back into her chair and said, I'm sorry, sir. She kept her head down for the rest of class. Mr. Richards kept us really busy and even had a pop quiz, which took forever to finish. When he went around to collect the quiz, he got up and looked over the room and gasped. He said, Bree, what happened to you? We all turned around and I gasped when I turned around too. Bree's face was super red and swollen like a chipmunk. I saw her scratching had left big red marks down her neck and the sides of her face. Even her eyelids were getting puffy. She looked at all of us shocked. She felt her face and realized how puffy it was. She said, I mean, I've been feeling hot and itchy, but what's going on with my face? I don't know what it looks like. Mr. Richard said, I think you're allergic to something. Allergic? I'm not allergic to anything, she said. I only had a salad today. A girl right next to her shared her pocket mirror. Bree screamed and said, oh my God, I look hideous. She ran out of the room crying, leaving all of her stuff behind. Mr. Richards had to go chase her down. We all left before he could even come back because the bell rang by that point. Alicia could not get over it. We were both laughing as we walked over to our next class. I met up with Diane at my science class. I noticed that Bree was still not back and Bailey had changed her shirt into her cheerleading one. Bianca was sitting there looking miserable though. She kept trying to discreetly rub her stomach throughout class. She also kept fidgeting in her seat. In class that day, we were doing some presentations and also answering questions on the board. The teacher called on Bianca and she asked her to answer a question. Bianca said, I don't know. My teacher insisted that she come up even if she didn't know that she would help her. Bianca said, I really don't know. Could you ask someone else? The teacher more firmly this time said, come up to the board. Bianca said, no, I'm not. My teacher, Ms. Beck, was taken aback and said, Bianca, this is not like you. If you backtalk to me one more time, I'm going to send you straight out of here and tell your cheerleading coach. She tried to stand up as carefully as possible, but as soon as her ass left her seat, she let out the wettest fart that was so loud it sounded like it echoed down the hall. She burst out crying, holding her ass as she ran out of the room. My teacher, Ms. Beck, covered her mouth and let out a little laugh. And she composed herself and said, I'm sorry. Um, Bailey, why don't you go out and help her? Bailey ran out right after her. Ms. Beck continued and said, okay, class, let's move on. The rest of the class did not forget, though. I knew this incident was spread like wildfire through the rest of the school. By the end of class, I could hear students from the other classrooms talking about it. As we walked over to our bench for lunch, we could see that nobody was sitting on it. And I couldn't see any of those girls at all.
As I sat down on the bench with Alicia and Diane, the raven flew up onto the tree again. I knew I had a secret friend on my side. Thank you everybody for listening to Midnight Tale Podcast. I was really happy to write this story. I really enjoyed writing the revenge part. And if you want to hear more about the revenge of Celeste, let me know down in the comments. Or you can DM us on Instagram if you want to hear more. I know that I love hearing a revenge story, so maybe there will be a part two. Just let us know. Please like and subscribe for more content. Let us know how much you love our stories. Also, if you didn't like it, dislike it. Let us know what you didn't like and how it can improve for the future. Also, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and vice versa. We really appreciate the support that you all give us and we would really love if you could tell your friends and family more about us and share our stories with them. This is Celeste signing off. Until again, I'll see you in your dreams.